Hey everybody, you are listening to NFP Podcast episode 2.11. I'm Anya. Thank you so much for listening. And on today's episode, you'll be hearing from Lisa Sledge with some reminders. Andrea Vassard will talk to you about some resources out in the community. And then Sarah Pollard will have your special mental health minutes. Um, and she will also have a website resource for today's episode. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi, this is Andrea, and I am a nurse guide consultant with NFP. My office is in the corporate office, and I'm here today interviewing Miss Nova Bertram. Welcome, Nova. Good afternoon. Um, Nova's here with us to talk about CSEP, and so I thought we would do a quick interview on what is CSEP and what's happening at NFP right now. So, Nova, what is CSEP? CSEP is the Senior Community Service Employment Program through the Goodwill Agency. And uh, it's a program for seniors 55 plus. They um, work with you to uh, in, in areas where you could bring up skill sets for employment. And my skill set that I have learned and grown and enhanced in is the computer. Um, I'm in receptionist training. You're in receptionist training at Goodwill? Right, through the NFP. Okay, so how is that helping you? Oh, it's helped me tremendously. I've learned to work on spreadsheets and um, do emails and things of that nature and uh, learn how to make phone calls for referral calls and to uh, also call prior students to try to get students to come back to school if they like, if uh, those that didn't finish completing their high school through the Excel Center, and to try to get clients to uh, get in the NFP program, the first time pregnant mothers. And um, I've done quite well with that. It's been a pleasurable experience learning how to uh, communicate and talk on the phone and to also get an interpreter to communicate with the uh, uh, prospective clients to join the program, and uh, that's been a wonderful experience just to learn how to do that within itself. Yeah, that is a skill. Learning how to talk to somebody through an interpreter is right. it's a skill. Um, yeah, so you had some time at the Decatur Excel Center mm-hmm. in your training, and then you moved over to NFP. Right. Um, the full amount of time that a CSEP participant would work under their grant is how long? Um, a minimum, they prefer a year, but a minimum of six months. Okay, and what's the end result? What's the goal, I guess? is What are they looking for? The goal is um, when you attain your skill sets that you would like to acquire uh, is to get uh, future gainful employment, to get permanent employment nice. placed. Because your background is not in receptionist, right? True. Yeah, what, so what have you been doing? Uh, well, I've worked in manufacturing, um, factories, warehouses for the most part of my life, running machinery, working on assembly lines, uh, things of that nature. And you want to do something different. Correct. And so you're training for this. So what's your goal? What do you want to do when you're finished with the CSEP program? Um, I would like to work somewhere in an office setting and uh, work, um, work, continue to work on and with computers uh, and really whatever the uh, 
my receptionist training, whatever that, um, whatever I can uh, work, whatever the position uh, requires for me to do, I would like to attain those skills so I can fulfill those requirements and duties of the said position mm -hmm. in the good. office. In an office. So you're mm -hmm. looking for an office setting. Good. Yes. Well, we appreciate you spending time with us during your training. You've been a huge help. I know the nurses rely on you for help with their Zoom memberships, for help with diapers and yes. lambswear. And um, just having you in the office every day is really, really helpful. So thank you so much. And thanks for the interview, Nova. Oh, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Have a good day. Okay. Hello, this is Lisa Sledge with your Benchmark Minute and Education Reminders. The Michigan Breastfeeding Network provides monthly webinars where you can receive one LSERP for each one you attend. The USA Breastfeeding Network also provides one and a half LSERPs for each webinar you attend and they provide those every three to four months. Please do not wait until it's time to recertify for you to gather your LSERPs. The PSI Conference for 2019 will be held on November 13th and 14th at Indiana University Health at Methodist Hospital. Please talk to your supervisor about this. Goodwill NFP will now be able to offer both Heart Saver CPR and BLS. There will be more to come on this. For our Benchmark Minute, we will discuss Benchmarks 12, a performance indicator, and Benchmark 18, which is a systems outcome related to developmental screenings or the ASQ3. Benchmark 12 represents the percent of children enrolled in a home visiting program with a timely screen for developmental delays using a validated parent completed tool, which is our ASQ3. Benchmark 18 relates to the percent of children enrolled in a home visiting program with a positive screen for developmental delays who receive services within a timely manner. Each ASQ-3 should be completed within the one-month window targeted age. For example, the ASQ-4 months should be completed between 3 months to 4 months and 30 days. Not only should you complete the screening, but you should also complete the ASQ questionnaire form. All data and information is collected from the ASQ questionnaire. Therefore, if you do not complete that form, data is not collected. There is an algorithm online on both the drive and the hub that Abby has completed on steps you should take if there's a positive screen. The ASQ algorithm can be found on the drive or the hub. Remember, if two areas fall in the gray or one in the black, a referral must be made to first steps. You must notify the pediatrician or primary care provider, document it in your progress note, and then on your encounter form at the bottom where it's referrals to services, you must check box 26, as well as filling out the ASQ questionnaire where data is pulled. If you have further questions about this, feel free to email me.
This has been your Benchmark Minute. Good morning. Welcome to the Mental Health Minute via NFP Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Pollard. Thanks for joining me as we spend the next five to seven minutes discussing a mental health-related resource, tool, and a quote. Let's get started. The resource I'd love to share with you today is a fabulous website called Mother to Baby. And this website is a clearinghouse of evidence-based information regarding medication safety and use during pregnancy and lactation. This website can be found at mother2baby.org and the two is T-O. So when you go on this website, you're going to see um, a variety of titles, including pregnancy studies, join a study, fact sheets, ask an expert, etc. So the two places where I typically get used this website are the fact sheets and the ask an expert. So fact sheets, you can look up specific medications or specific groups of medication and get the available evidence regarding those meds. Ask an expert, you or your client can chat live, can call mother to baby, or can email mother to baby to ask specific questions regarding medication use during pregnancy and lactation. This is a fabulous resource because I don't know about you, but I don't have time to search the literature and synthesize the literature regarding medication safety, but we don't have to because that's what mother to baby does. So please share this information with your clients. And if you have contact with a provider, I would encourage you to let them know about this fabulous resource as well, mothertobaby.org. All right, so let's move on to our tool for today. And that tool is a concept described or entitled distress tolerance. Have you heard of distress tolerance before? Well, distress tolerance is actually a concept that's involved in a specific type of therapy called dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT. And DBT is typically used with a variety of mental health conditions, but it was initially developed with clients who have borderline personality disorder. And we know that it was developed with borderline personality disorder because um, folks with that mental health condition have challenges with tolerating distress. Okay, so what is distress tolerance? We're gonna talk about, we're gonna define it today, and then in subsequent episodes, I'm gonna share some specific tools um, or specific activities that are part of distress tolerance. So what is distress tolerance? Well, distress tolerance is what it sounds like, tolerating distress or tolerating a crisis. So what is a crisis? A crisis is when you have a serious problem, but you can't solve it. And maybe you can't solve it right this minute, or maybe it's a problem that you can't solve, period. It's beyond your control. We know in a crisis, there's a pressure to solve the problem and it is difficult to stop trying to solve the problem. We know in a crisis, emotions are high. So the problem is distressing and having high emotions generally make the crisis worse. All right, so a general thought. When you have a crisis, two pieces. Can you solve the crisis? If yes, then by all means, solve it. Keep moving forward and solve the crisis if you have the power to do so. 
But if you don't have the power, either right now or period, stop trying to solve it. Trying to solve something you can't will often make it worse and send your emotions through the roof. And in those situations where you can't solve it right now or you can't solve it, period, that's when distress tolerance comes in. Those are skills to use during an unsolvable crisis. Okay, so distress tolerance skills have applicability with our clients for sure, right? Because we know that they face many stressors. But we also face those stressors. So honestly, distress tolerance skills apply to our lives as well. And the overarching thought of the distress tolerance piece is surviving the crisis without making the situation worse. Okay, so that's a a teaser on distress tolerance. And we're going to talk about in subsequent episodes some specific skills. um, And we'll go into those pretty in depth. All right, so there we go for today. Uh, I want to leave you with a quote. And that quote is by a person named William James. And the quote is, the greatest protection against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. So that's it for today's episode of the Mental Health Minute via NFP podcast. As always, these resources will be linked on the Mental Health Toolkit on the Hub under the As Heard on the NFP podcast section. Till next time, have a great day and thanks for joining me. Well, that wraps up our episode. Thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye.